and welcome to another episode of Thoughts of the Roundtable with me, Matt Rebar. And me, Paul Lux. And in case you missed it, I dropped my tarotine experience special last week where I basically, for the first time ever, read tarot cards for people. So if you want to check that out, that's up right now. And I know, Paul, you're working on a couple interviews, hopefully for later this month or next month. So that's Yes, exciting. yes, yes. It is extremely hard with um, COVID and, you know, the... Uh, Everyone's on a different mic, like 20 miles away from you. So it makes it a little bit more difficult, but we'll get there. And we both just finished uh, finals week, right? Yes, yes. I'm doing a little certificate program. It's not as in-depth as yours. I'm doing a little certificate on how to do web stuff. So just kind of learn a little bit more stuff. But you're like in doing a whole creative endeavor. (laughs) Yeah, so I finished my first semester of grad school, and I did 10 credits, four classes, four A's. And so what's fun about it is, A, I'm one-third done. Because it's only 30 credits. Which Very nice. I know, right? But then, two, you know, this was my best semester ever. And I think what I feel good about it is, like, I've always felt, like, pretty good. But, like, my best semester after this one, like, I had one where I got, like, a 3.5 for the semester. And it's, like, I got, like, three A's, four A's maybe. And it was, like, a B and a C plus in Spanish. And, like, that's, like, my second best semester ever. But it goes to show you, you know, like... If you're doing what you like or you're doing what you're good at, like getting those A's, like I was challenged for sure, you know, and I worked really hard for it, but like I enjoyed it. Like I genuinely loved the classes that I took. Sometimes it feels like school like literally never ends too. Like when I remember when I graduated from high school, I had the thought in my head, like I just got to do a little bit of college and it'll be done forever. And then I graduated with my bachelor's in three years. I'm like, oh, I'm got my bachelor's degree. I'm done with school forever. And then I went and got my master's and finished my master's. Like, oh, I'm done with school forever. Now I'm in a certificate program. <laughs> like literally never ends. I got to tell you though, I've already been kind of like looking at PhD programs a little bit, <laughs> just a little bit. <laughs> in what? Like, and what would you do? Because you're more on the creative side. I don't really know a PhD on the creative side. Here's kind of where I'm at. Uh, Sociology has always been my academic love, for sure. Mm -hmm. So I've considered doing the doctorate in sociology. But, you know, it also, like, you know, communications is like a strength of mine. But, like, academically, I don't love communications. I like communications for the creative so I, I also thought about creative writing as a PhD because of all my writing experience. Like, I don't know. I'm looking. Um, the biggest Dr. thing. Matt. The problem. Yeah, right. Dr. Dr. Matthew. But the biggest problem is, you know, finding on like because like a lot of colleges online and then there's a lot of graduate programs that are online. Not a lot of PhD programs that are online. So like, I don't know. I mean. I don't know, but I think I'm just trying to like prepare myself for like, okay, if not now, maybe in my thirties or, you know, in my forties. Cause like, I definitely want to do a doctorate. It just kind of like, I don't know. I'm just investigating a little bit. Hey, there's nothing wrong with that. I almost did. Um, I mean, when I went, I got a traditional master's degree from Cleveland state and I was going to move on to, um, a PhD program. And, um, I like looked at schools. I took the GRE, which is like an absolute nightmare. I did all that stuff. And then I ended up never applying to any PhD programs just because it was, it just didn't really seem worth it in the communication mm-hmm. field to be totally honest mm-hmm. because I didn't want to teach. And that was like basically the only option like really in that, yeah. fi- in that direction. So I don't know if you agree. I don't know if you agree with me. I just feel like communications, like, I don't know, like academically, it's not like a strong academic subject in the sense I disagree of like, with that. Really? Mm-hmm. I, I think like creatively and like the journalism and the media, maybe interpersonal, but like, 
I don't know. I just feel like the academic element of communications, it's better strengthened in other forms of academia. Mm, I would actually, I would actually disagree with that. My, my favorite was interpersonal. And I think just so much can come out from the research of it that, um, I think it's really important. I think it's looked over at times and especially with, you know, how things are today with the media and journalism and stuff and that a lot of you know sociology things that come out of that would just tie directly to communication so i see I, I mean, and i feel like sociology does a better job at those interpersonal and psychology at those interpersonal well i mean that's, that's you know a difference without a distinction at that point in a way yeah i mean communication is is a core fundamental of some you know um psychology and some sociology stuff i mean that's you know a core fundament of it mm-hmm. and um, I mean, I, I think people lump communication into this, like the field, into just this weird, you know, pot of, I don't know, crazy sociologists, but that's really not what it is. <laughs> I, I just think, I don't know. I've always loved, like, this comes from a guy who, I mean, my master's is in digital storytelling, which is, you know, a form of communications, you know, my undergraduates in communications. And like, for me, that's perfect right like i i didn't do communications because i was like i don't know what to do i'm gonna do communications see that's but, the other thing that people always say i hate that too yeah it's like they think people who do the communication majors are the dunces but that's not true at all like you and no. i generally love that stuff so yeah I, that's the thing sure do people jump into it because they they want to do they think oh i don't want to do business i want to do like, whatever maybe i, I, I gotta say one thing go you know it. you know what the class i loved this class but this class is the stuff that weeded out the people who were like that who thought it was just gonna be an easy you know degree or whatever mm-hmm. from the people who actually like doing it and it was the public speaking courses and i <laughs> loved i loved doing those and because public speaking doesn't bother me literally at all i was out on the radio for years you know it just doesn't phase me it never did but that was the one i remember that being the class like you could tell that was the line in the sand for the people who were there for like they liked the major and the people who were there just to get that major and like it, man, some people sweated that class out. <laughs> What's funny is for my undergraduate, the entry level, like to get into like your basically your base level was speech one oh one. And it was a core curriculum class, but then that was like basically like you had to take speech one oh one before you took like any other communication class. Um, and I remember loving it. And I actually, my third and last speech, I feel like she gave me an A plus on the paper. Like she literally wrote A plus, which, you know, anyone who knows, there's no such thing as an A plus. <laughs> but um, no, I totally agree with you. Speech was, for you and I, it comes really intrinsically and naturally. Like, you know, for my business class that I had to do, my best grade in the whole class was the, p- the pitch presentation, which makes sense because that's like one of nice one. One of the hardest things I ever had to do, though, and this one made, like, I think I'm a pretty good public speaker, and this one made even me sweat, and it was the most ingenious test ever. It was a, I mean, we knew this was coming. We had to figure out a way to prepare for it, but we we were all um, fake spokespersons for a company, okay? <laughs> and you would get the company. So you knew what company, you're like, okay, so you're um, Nestle your um i know rotor router something like that just you would get a company so you knew weeks in advance what your company was but you didn't know the situation like we had you went up there and it was like you were holding a press conference and then they presented you a situation like this happened with your company this lawsuit happened and you had 60 seconds to prepare for it and i remember one the most brutal one was a guy who he was a superintendent of a school district Mm -hmm. and 
the thing, and he had 60 seconds prepare for this, is that one of his teachers got arrested for having sex with one of the students. And oh, he had, and he no. Had to do, and he had, to, he had to do the press conference for that. We, he had to take questions on that and try to, like, navigate his way through it. And it was the most brutal thing I've ever seen in my life. See, I like the concept, but in that case, like, you really have to be on top of your game to handle. That was the hardest one. Let me prepare for 60 seconds, you know? That was the hardest Jesus. one. And, and the, the worst thing was that the, the people who were asking questions was the rest of the class. Like, we got to ask him the questions. <laughs> See, I like, the, I like the concept, I think, if I because I want to teach college. So I think I, something like that sounds fun, but, like, you couldn't grade too hard. Like, you couldn't be, like, too harshly, you know, grading No, I, I mean, nobody really failed these things. It was more of just, like, it was teaching efforts. I mean, as long as you didn't totally botch the mm-hmm. thing, you were going to be fine. Yeah, I was even thinking too. It would be kind of fun to do like, like breakup scenes. Like, how do you break up with someone? How do you, or like ask for a raise from your boss? Like, yeah. these are like these are speaking skills that I think people you know who do speech class like they're like I don't have to ever give a speech again. That's not true. Your whole life is full of speeches. I mean, really, even at the the base you know ground level of it, ordering food at a restaurant's theoretically a speech. It's a short one, but it is one. Mm-hmm. You know what? You know what they should teach in speech class. The first, the first thing they should teach in speech class is telephone conversations. <laughs> I sound so crotchety and old saying that, but it's true. It really yeah. is. Like how to answer a telephone? Just how to like people are so afraid to call anymore. Myself yeah. included. I don't like calling people. No, neither do I. I don't like being called. Mm-hmm. I barely answer these Skype calls. I fr- <laughs> you're like oh god it's mad again jesus <laughs> i you know i don't answer if i don't have the phone number saved on my phone i'm not answering that call do you do the no. same thing i i well actually i lie i answer just about everything i do um okay. because i don't want to i don't because what's worse to me personally is so nine times out of ten they're spam calls whatever you just hang up on them <laughs> but every once in a while it's something that's legit and i have to call back and i don't want to call back <laughs> you're right that's like the extra 10 minutes oh i gotta tell you the story and i want i want you to this is kind of speaking of communications so a few weeks ago this comedian friend requested me um the local comedian local one and yeah because you know that, that's do i know the gig. no i don't think you would um and i didn't really know them that well but i accepted because we were on a show together mm-hmm. and i'm hosting this show in akron i'm like substitute hosting next week and I messaged him on Facebook. I said, hey, do you want to come out? And he's like, no, I'm good. And then I realized, wait a minute, we're not friends anymore. And I was like, he unfriended me. Right after so then friending I, you? Like, literally in the three weeks, like three weeks ago, he friended me. And since then, he's unfriended me. And I reached out to a mutual friend, another comedian. And I was like, did this, like, is this weird? Like, blah, blah. He goes, same thing happened to me. He added, he re-added me months later and blah, blah. I was like, so this guy is like... What's his end game? What's he trying me? to do? Well, the, th- the theory that me and my mutual compadre came up with is that the guy maybe feels like I didn't interact with him on Facebook enough. What like, is that? I wasn't, like, liking his posts or something. Is that guy kind of bring off that aura, like, that you constantly I, have to interact with this stuff? B- before I realized I was unfriended, I did not realize that. Do you know but how I, many people I don't see on my feed that I'm friends with? Probably, like, 90% of them. Here's the thing, 100%, A, A, that, I see the same 20 people on my Facebook feed, and that's part of the Facebook algorithm that I think sucks. You just say the same people. Mm -hmm. Two, I'm not on social media that much. And when I am, like, 
maybe I'll scroll a little bit, but I'm not going to scroll and see every single post from everybody. That's just not possible. And two, like, when have I ever given the impression that I don't support people? Like, I am a huge advocate for, like, people doing projects and, like, local art and collaboration and supporting each other. So this whole thing threw me for a loop because, honestly, like, I think it really hit me because, you know, lately with... A COVID winter. I've just been feeling like really socially deprived. I've been feeling like it's starting to hit me. It really existentialist, and it's like now I feel like I'm like, why does this guy unfriend me? It just seems so weird. But like, I feel a little bit better after talking to a mutual friend and figuring out that I'm not an outlier. Right. Still so weird. How are shows, by the way? You said you've been doing some stand up, right? How has that been going around? Really, not many people there. Um, What kind of size clubs do you do? Do you like do do bigger ones? Do you do they're like yeah, small bars. smaller media. They're like cute little places. Um, like the one actually that I'm hosting next week, it's at a veterans hall. Okay. So that's a bigger space. Yeah. But, but they're, you know, they're pretty casual. sparse. Yeah, sparsely they're pretty intended. casual. Well, and honestly, like I like doing standup. I don't think it's a strength of mine, to be honest with you, because I think I do better when I get to like piece together projects like sitcom podcasting and um, doing my music and stuff. Like when I get time to like write and edit and there's like layers to it. Whereas like stand up, like, I don't know. I feel like the best people who do stand up, they're like kind of quick. They, they write these quick little one liners and these little jokes, which I guess I can do, but I don't know. I just, but I, I like doing stand up. I don't know. Who's your favorite comedian locally or in general, just in general top, top one. I love, um, cause that gives me kind of a sense of your, your style that you like. I mean, there's so many good ones. Nathan from Nathan for You, I think is fan. I love his dry humor a lot. Um, I'm trying to think who I. The guy I I I like. I get a lot of my humor, I guess, from like a lot of animated shows too. So like Seth MacFarlane and like, you know, written humor. So, I've only ever been to one stand-up show my entire life. Really, just one. Just one? It was Dimitri Martin. I don't know if I know him. Uh, he's the guy who does a lot of like the drawings and he'll bring out his guitar. He's got that bowl cut and he's got the big nose, real skinny. He's pretty no. big. You probably have seen at least seen his face. I'm so bad with names. <laughs> if you Google him right now, just Google him on your phone right now. Just look at his face. Okay. You will, you will probably. It's Dimitri. Dimitri Martin. I'm on it. I like how we're live and just going for it. I hey, it, it is what it is, man. Honestly. But um, no, this 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 quarantine thing is starting to hit me hard too. I know you're saying that earlier before we started, but it's really getting there, man. Just think, it's it's almost been we're we're inching close on what ten months because I know Ohio went lockdown in March, if I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. into March. So we got ten months under our belt of this. It's just. I feel like I've been struggling with friendship in general. I think because as you get older, you like shed your friends a little bit, you know, in college, you're like friends with everybody. You're all living together in like the same area of town. 20 or 20s are nuts because you don't have any money. You barely have a place to live. (laughs) You don't have a career yet. It's just like the wildest time. And you're friends with everybody. And one thing I noticed when I turned 30 is like, that's all kind of gone away, which is Mm. sad to degree. But, um, no, I get what you're saying. And I, I've come to the realization, like, you know, friends come in and out of our lives for different reasons. And, like, it's crazy. Like, I was even thinking about it today, about, like, a couple friends. And I'm like, 
at the time when we were really close, I was like, this is going to be like a friend, like a friend for life right here. And then things happen, relationships happen and, you know, job opportunities happen and bada bing, bada boom. It's, it's, you, you put it, it's like a, it's almost like friendships are like a DVD collection and some friendships, you watch the DVD all the time. Others, you watch it a few times, like for like and some in end up the in the $5 bins. Yeah. And then they're, you know, they're for the most part, they're all kept on the shelf, like when, in a memory shelf. This reminds me of when I was in, in college and I was in a, an abandoned college and man, we were around each other 24 seven. Obviously we had school during the week, but on the weekends we'd play at like CD ass bars all over Ohio. <laughs> we'd sleep in like, like people's homes, like dirty ass homes just you know and it was just like the craziest times and i i remember we did this for like three years and we thought you know we always thought oh this will never end never end and then all of a sudden one, this person got a job in new york this person got a job in london this person got a job in boston and then it just kind of faded away mm-hmm. but you know it, you know what's funny about that is that always bums me out every once in a while you know that that crazy experience i had with the band but um and i'll never forget this so uh, we Ohio and like everybody in the world officially went out like the pandemic was declared March 11th of 2020 mm-hmm. and I played with the band one last time March 10th the day before like the whole thing went down wow. that was literally the last thing I did with like the big thing I did with friends was was that one experience and it's just weird that that was the last thing we've done for like <laughs> a year now like I haven't done I haven't been to a restaurant since january like it's coming up on a year mm-hmm. i haven't been to and the last one i went to is like some mexican restaurant man it's just weird it's just yeah. weird well i think you're in a you're in a position where you have a young child and so it really puts the pressure on like being cavemen <laughs> like you don't want to you have such a young precious life whereas like me you know works you know i went into work every single day i had no option like i didn't stay at home at all um yeah because you're central well, I no, I mean you really your quote, job is considered quote essential. essential. But yeah, how essential well, someone's got to do feel it. is different, I guess. <laughs> but you know, for me, I feel like I've been this like half example because like you know, I do stay at home a lot and I'm not doing much. I'm not doing anything. I'm not seeing any people, and but I still got to work. You know, I still got to do that. So it's I I thought when you know all this quarantine was going to go down. I thought it was kind of nice that I would have some time to do some more creative outlets, but man, it, it, it's burned me out a little bit in this winter. You know, I have a break for about a month from, you know, this program I'm doing mm-hmm. and it, it, it kind of, you know, makes me upset because I don't, I don't know if you feel the same way, but we have all this time to do all this creative stuff. And it's just, it's like my mind is fried. Like I just can't get my head around it. If that mm-hmm. makes sense, you know, yeah, that makes sense. It's like the creative burnout. Yeah. Yeah. I think for me, it's kind of been like, I had a lot of goals this year and I had to push them to next year. And so I think for me, creatively, I feel like a little like I have an itch because like there's things that I just can't do. So like I've been working a lot on the music. I've been working a lot on some like projects that I can do at home. Right. But like, I want to get back out there. I want to get back into the field and uh, I just want to I I want to go to dirty dive bars again. I want to see yes. Like, I want to I'm gonna like go to karaoke at some weird ass place in Lakewood again with you guys. Yes, and I want to stay until like two a.m. and like go out I'm, to the bars I'm gonna close. T- and I'm gonna tell you when this 
when this vaccine hopefully you know calms everything down or whenever this goes away the first thing I want to do is just do some weird ass wonky karaoke that bar in in downtown Lakewood man we saw some characters that is like it's like a UN meeting at that place man and we I I love it yeah I love it Corky's is one of those bars, you know, actually the best bar in Cleveland that has like an identity crisis, Tina's. It's this little Never place. It's this little, they do karaoke. It's uh, in Ohio City. The vibe's different every time. One night it'll be like a trucker bar. One night it's like a gay bar. One night it's like millennials. It's insane. The it's just whoever of, like, shows up first that night. It's really like, yeah, the identity of the bar is always changing. I love those but, places. But I, I was going to say, I love those places. And... Because the thing about Corky's is it's just it's just everybody. It's just mm-hmm. everybody. And I think that was one of my... Like, I'll never forget watching that karaoke. It would go from, like, metal to, like, K-pop to country. <laughs> like, it was just all over the Christmas songs. It was just nuts. Mm-hmm. And that was the kind of stuff... Because there was just so many characters and just... Oh, man. See, that's the stuff I miss. And I can't wait to get back to yeah. that. I really can't. It's going to be funny because... Like, you know, before COVID, I'd be like, oh, I'm too tired or like, I don't want, I have, you know, I'm never going to say that again for 5 a.m. But yeah, I think I'm at least for like the, like for the first year post COVID, I'm going to be like, yeah, I mean, I'll do that and I'll do this. And I don't know. We'll see. It'll be fun. We'll be, we'll get back together and, <laughs> you know, the good news is and more, some more good news. I filed the LLC paperwork today. I thought you were going to so say the fired. State- <laughs> Filed, my bad. Um, so the state of Ohio is probably going to take a week or two to approve my paperwork. And fingers crossed, I'll be able to talk about it soon. Nice. And you'll have your own legitimate company. I know. It's, it'll be fun. Was I'm that excited. hard to do? I've never filed an LLC. Oh, it, it really was so easy. It it took like 10 minutes, not even 100 bucks. Really? Mm-hmm. Now... I mean, I have. There's. This could be a whole other <laughs> podcast. I won't ask any more questions. I'll just leave it at that because I have too many. I really do. This I like is mad money this, on CNBC. Yeah, this podcast today is like communications to existentialism to this person in front of me on Facebook to like LLC talk. Like I love it. I love. Can it we so bring much. up the grandfather paradox next episode? Oh my god, what is that? And you know what? I'll just. I'll just. I'll. I'll bring it up now. Yeah, close this so, out. So this is the grandfather paradox. It's one of my favorite things to, to bring up in like random conversations. And it okay, well, here's what it is is so you go back in time, okay? And it's it's how it kind of is explains parallel universes. So you go back in time, kill your grandfather, okay? <gasps> okay. In turn, he does not have your father. In turn, he does not have you. Therefore, you couldn't have gone back and killed your grandfather, so he exists. Ooh. But then you go back and kill your grandfather, and then which your dad doesn't exist, but then you didn't exist, so you didn't exist to kill your grandfather. So it's this endless loop of whether this thing can happen or not. And the thought about it is that things can actually split off into three different multiverses. Mm-hmm. So there can be one where you killed your grandfather and didn't at the same time. And it's basically just mm. if we believe that or not. If it's things like that can happen. I mean, theoretically, um, I was actually I rewatched Futurama a few months ago, and there's an episode where they tra- they travel back in time and they're in like the nineteen forties. Long story short, Fry's grandfather is around 
And Fry gets worried that like his grandfather is going to die. And so while protecting his grandfather, the grandfather accidentally dies. And so Fry ends up having sex with his grandmother in order to be alive in the future. And it's just so, it's just so interesting because it's like, I don't know, like, would that genuinely work? Like, do you believe in the infinite universes? I, I kind of do. And I think that sometimes I wish I was in a different one (laughs) because I feel like I'm in my (laughs) universe is like, like talented, but not like, like always going to be underrated, which I don't mind. But like, I feel like there's a a couple of universes out there where like, you know, not like I'm Joe Rogan, but like, I'm like, you know, maybe like B level or something. It's like that, uh, that phrase. It's like, there's a, there's an infinite amount of universes somehow I ended up in this shitty one. Right. (laughs) I feel like I'm in an okay one. I feel like I could be in like, I'm trying to think of like universes. Like if there's like a universe where I sold out and like went to work in like corporate management or something like, oof, that sounds bad. Or like, I don't know, a universe where like, I'm like on the streets or something. I don't know. So like, I feel like I'm definitely in a <laughs> way, better way to than be some <laughs> way to cheer us up at the end. I'm such an optimistic. At person. least I'm, I'm not like, homeless. Not too in this bad. One. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. Well, it's been a good time. I'm so glad to see you. Yes. And hopefully uh, we'll get a little bit better of a worldview, you know, next time we record with everything going on. So we'll see. Yeah. It's, it's always an adventure. Absolutely. All right. Well, until next time, peace Later. out.